Let's turn to the book of John, chapter 3, and I'm going to read verse 16 to 17. This is a really famous passage that we probably see held up on a sign during every Super Bowl in the end zone, John three sixteen. And so we want to read that today. I want you to turn there. We've been in a uh, series talking about being a steward, being a steward. Steward is just uh, our responsibility to manage all the resources of life that God has given us for God's glory, not for our own glory, but for God's glory. And, and in doing so, we acknowledge that he's the one who provided those resources to us. So that's all a steward is. Today, we're going to talk about being a steward of your wellness, being a steward of your wellness. And I titled this message, I am not doing well. I'm not doing well. We're going to talk through a little bit of what's going on behind the scenes and under the surface and in the hearts and behind closed doors and in homes. First, what I want to do is I want to read John three sixteen and 17. It says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. And this is verse 17, which tends to get quoted far less. It says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. But to save the world through him. I was on a bike ride yesterday, and uh, typically on Saturdays, it's a little bit, you know, I, I venture out a little bit longer. So yesterday was right around a 50-mile bike ride, and I met up with some, some people that train and do some similar athletic things as myself. And so we head out on this ride, and we're flying along, going down the 76. And 76 is pretty dirty as far as a road. And so on your bicycle, you know, you, you got these tires that are under a ton of pressure. And, you know, if you run over anything at all, you can get a flat tire. So lo and behold, hold. I turn uh, on this street called Olive, and that's out kind of going into the Bonzel area, and we're going to climb this hill, and I end up getting a flat tire right before we start to climb. So I stop, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to fix this flat tire. So I pull the wheel off, I pull the tube out, I fix it, and I, I look at the tire really quick, and I'm trying to see if there's anything in the tire because that's the smart thing to do is make sure that whatever gave you the flat tire in the first place doesn't give you a flat tire second time around. So I thought I was being thorough. I was like, okay, I checked the whole tire to be sure that I don't end up with any new holes. And so I put the new tube in, I put the wheel on, I air up my, my uh, tire and lo and behold, as it starts to air up, I, I hear, I only have one inner tube with me, and so I'm sitting there stuck on the side of the road in the middle of Bonzel, and, and by this time, some other people that I, we were out riding with, they, they, I was a little bit ahead of them, so they came by, and one of them stopped and helped me fix this flat tire, and what it reminded me of is that this, this is really kind of this, it's, a, it's symbolic of the season we live in. That we're in a season and a time and a space that we're under pressure, and it only takes hitting one thing. In this case, it was this little tiny piece of metal that was stuck in my tire that I didn't see. And it only takes a little bit of pressure. See, because pressure exposes the holes in your wholeness. And I feel like a number of months ago, um, what ended up happening is we all walked into the last nine months. And in the beginning, we were like, we're doing this. You ask somebody like, hey, how are you doing? You say, oh, I'm doing good. Which from an English standpoint, from a literary standpoint, isn't the correct answer. If I say, how are you doing? The answer is what? Well, I never say that. I get corrected on that all the time. So I, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not beating you down if you don't say well, because I always say 
good, good, I'm doing good, I'm doing okay. Okay, but the proper answer is, well, I'm doing well. And I think in the beginning, a lot of people would have said, hey, how are you doing? They're like, oh, I'm doing good. Like, I'm doing well. And then what happens over time, pressure has exposed probably the fractures that were already there. And last week we talked about stewarding relationships and being loved by God. And, and being loved by God means that we're able to be loved to other people. And I left out on purpose this idea of us also stewarding the relationship with ourselves and loving ourselves because truly loving ourselves is being a good steward of your wellness. What is wellness? I want to define this really quickly. Here's a quote. This is a quote by our very own Pastor Lindsey Johnson. He is famous as all get out now. He's being quoted. But I love it because he has an expertise in wellness and health. This is his background. So as we were talking about this, he said, hey, this is how, you know, Lindsay, how would you define wellness? He said, this is how I would define wellness. The holistic approach to how well a person is in mind, body, and spirit. Let me say that again. Wellness is the holistic approach to how well a person is in mind, body, and spirit. Lindsay Johnson. You got to give credit where credit's due, right? So when I say, how are you doing, the proper response is well, but let me go a little bit further. It would be improper for you to say you're doing well if you're only doing well in one area of your life, because this is a holistic approach. Holistic means the wholeness, the whole part of you, the whole body of you, but your body, who you are, is made up of three parts, and they're all intimately interconnected. So... The holistic means that if I ask the question, you would answer it only being able to explain it as it pertained to the intimate interconnectedness to the whole person. So if I'm not doing good in one area of my life, I can't say that I'm doing well because I can't uncouple those. How many of you have learned this in life? If you're not doing physically, it affects your emotions and some other things in your life. If you're not doing emotionally, it affects some other things. Like you can't uncouple. We can't address these in silos. And thank God that he didn't send his son Jesus to address them in silos either. He came back to die for the whole person that you are. Verse 17, God sent a son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save. That word save, it's, the, the word is sozo. It means to heal, to preserve, to make well, to make whole. To make whole. Why would God send his, send his son to make one part of you well and leave the other parts broken? And oftentimes what we do is we approach our faith in a way that says, for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to die for us so we can have eternal life. And we, what we take that as is Jesus made whole the spiritual part of us so that we can live spiritually in eternity with him. But God, why did you leave the physical part of me and, and the mental emotional part of me distraught? But he didn't. Because he came back to heal, preserve, to make well the whole part of who you are. And you were made in his image, God's image. And God cannot be represented by one without the other two. God gave you and gave me the perfect partner. But he didn't give us the perfect life. 
So I want to tell you something. He gave us the perfect partner to walk through a life that is going to have struggles. But this is, this is where you and I, this, the, 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 this is the paradigm shift. You are the steward of what Jesus saves. Jesus has said, I, God said, sent my son to make you whole. You are the steward of what God made whole. He's like, okay, I'm going I'm to bring wholeness to who you are. Now, what are you going to do with it? This implies personal responsibility. And sometimes I think we struggle with this a little bit in society. We want to blame everything and everybody for how we're doing. But I'm going to tell you something. You are responsible to steward your wellness. What Jesus saves, you steward. What are the three areas that we're to steward? Jesus saves and you steward your physical wellness. Jesus saves and you steward your mental and emotional wellness. By the way, th- those, are, those are one and the same. You can't decouple those. So when I say mental, we can consider that emotional. And Jesus saves and you steward your spiritual wellness. Those are the three things we're going to talk about quickly today. Jesus saves, you steward your physical wellness. 1 Corinthians 6.19, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And I want to stop for a second, and I want to tell you what the word body means. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you know what the word body means? Body. What you're looking at right now. What you look at in the morning in the mirror. If you pinch yourself, the, thing, the very existence of what says, ouch, that hurts, that's your body. This isn't figurative. No metaphor. You physically, don't you realize that your body, flesh and blood, is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. I love this. You do not belong to yourself. Can you turn to somebody and say, I am not the owner of me? If you're, if, you, if you're on an online campus, could you just shout out your window to your neighbor, I am not the owner of me. And your neighbor's going to say, I already knew that. My neighbors know I'm not the owner of me. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a price, so you must honor God with your body. I'm going to define this word temple only because we don't use this word a ton. Temple is just simply a physical structure housing God's presence. So in the Old Testament, the temple was a place that God gave specific instruction to. And he said, this is exactly how I want it to be built. This is all the different parts. This is how much gold you're going to use. This is the type of wood you're going to use. This is the exact architecture of how it's going to be built. And I want you to find the best artisans in the land. Did you know the people that were called to build, called upon to build the original temple weren't even followers of God necessarily. They were just the most gifted and they worked their gift into talents. And they, and they did so in the most excellent way. And God said, I'm going to choose to use excellence to build my temple. That we can choose to use excellence to build our temples, our bodies. And God says that in the very center of this thing, I want to describe what it looks like, but God also said, I want to describe the function. This whole thing is set up. The whole temple, the whole purpose for the temple 
was for God's presence to exist in the very center of it in a place called the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant went. That was the whole purpose of it. Your purpose of your physical body, why should I honor my body? Because when you honor a house, you honor the contents of it. You know, if you show up to my house and you dishonor my house, you're actually dishonoring my family. Has anyone ever showed up to your house and been dishonorable? You're like, man, don't do that to my house. Don't do that. Because I'm going to take, I'm a dad. So what I'm thinking is, if if you're being dishonorable to a physical structure that has no emotion, that means nothing, an animate object, if you're being disrespectful and dishonorable to that, what are you going to do to my seven daughters, my wife and my mother-in-law? And I'm sorry, but I'm a father and I'm a husband. And I will protect. So I say, you need to honor the house because when you honor the house, you honor the contents. Honoring your body means you're honoring God. And too often I'm like, I honor myself. You know, say, hey, my, my body, my choice. Isn't that the mantra right now? I'm sorry, not your body. Now, if someone's not a, a follower of Jesus, I mean a follower of Jesus, you could believe in Jesus, but not follow. if you're not a follower of Jesus, I don't expect you to honor your body the way that I would expect someone who is a follower of Jesus to honor their body. I would expect you to carry the mantra, my body, my choice. But if, you're, if I said, if you're listening right now and you're like, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm going to tell you something, not your body, not your choice. First Corinthians 10.31. This pretty, I, I, I love this verse because it pretty much covers everything. So whether you eat or drink, okay, that's, when you talk about eating, so whatever you put in your body, whatever you eat or drink, whether that's a special brownie with some special sauce from the local dispensary, whether it's too much turkey at Thanksgiving coming up here with a little bit of extra gravy on the side, Whether, it, whether it's, it's unhealthy, whether it's healthy, whatever you eat or drink talks about the inje- whatever you're putting in your body. So it, that pretty much covers everything, doesn't it? Stop for a second the next time you make a decision on what you're going to put in your body and say, is this honoring the contents of the house called my body? Is this honoring God? And it says, or whatever you do. That's a very broad statement because that pretty much implies everything. So whatever you do, that means wherever you go, whoever you go with, what you're watching, the way you're speaking, it's whatever you do. So this, this verse covers everything. And it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory. That word glory means honor of God. We struggle with this in society right now because we're just like, man, whatever, whatever pleases you, and we've made this an American thing. It's the right, it's an American right. Whatever pleases you. We should just make it legal. We should make it law. This is not about pleasuring yourself. We're going to get ourselves into deep water. Because all of a sudden, if it pleases me to drive your car or live in your house... I can do whatever I want to bring pleasure to my life. If you walk this theory out, we are in deep trouble. 
We have to honor God as we honor our bodies. You are the steward of your physical wellness. Number two, Jesus saves and you steward your mental wellness. Romans 12, verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Let me say that again. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. I'm going to say that one more time. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you. Let God. You know what that implies? That you have a choice. You have a choice, and if you're going to let God transform you, how is he going to transform you? It's not a physical transformation. It's a mental and emotional transformation. So it says, let God transform you into a new person. How does he transform you into a new person? By changing the way that you think about things. By, or, or in the NIV, it says, by renewing your mind. Renewing your emotions. Mental wellness begins with surrendering your mind to God. Mental wellness begins with surrendering your mind to God. Managing or stewarding your mental wellness means keeping your mind on God. You have to surrender it. That's the beginning, but then you have to keep it. Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable on what Joe Biden says, on what Donald Trump says, on what Facebook says, on what CNN says, on what Fox News says, on what my friends are telling me. What are you fixing your thoughts on? The scripture is telling us that we need to fix our thoughts on something that is stable. Stability is truth and honor, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. He said, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I'm going to call out the obvious. We are way too informed. Now, hold on a second. I want you to understand something. I'm not saying you shouldn't be informed. I said we're way too informed. Right? And we end up living in a position of fear under the flood of information that is designed, that is designed by nature not to necessarily always be true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Yes, I want to know what's going on. But do I want to fix my mind on these things? What you ponder will bring peace or paranoia. Verse 9, I'm going to finish this, says, keep putting into practice. Why do we have to keep putting it into practice? Because there's always a medium. It's where we get the word media. There's always a medium trying to get our attention, to get our minds fixed on it. 
And we need to keep putting into practice all that we learned. What have we learned today? We need to fix our thoughts on things that are lovely, pure, kind, right, true, admirable, worthy of praise. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of... He didn't give us a spirit of fear, family. Did you ever notice? <clears throat> it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Did you ever notice that the number one way, this is the truth, the number one way to sell something is through something called um, fear of missing out, FOMO, fear. So if, if you, that, that's why they're like, call now and receive this amazing gift. You have 30, and they put a countdown clock. You have 30 seconds. What are they doing? I'm afraid I'm going to miss it. Right? Did you read, read the headlines? Have you noticed lately that everything in the headlines seems to end in death? It's like in Moana. We need to get Maui to replace the heart of Tefiti to escape inescapable death. Right? There's this like thing that happens in society that we're like, if we don't, I, I'm, I, I'm trying to not. If you don't wear a mask, people are going to die. If you don't vote for Biden, people are going to die. If you don't vote for Trump, people are going to die. If you, <laughs> do, you know, do you know why those statements are made? Because fear divides. And the moment we're divided by fear in a this is this is history. The moment we're divided by fear in society is when society is willing to give up liberties so that government can come in and be the savior. I don't need a man to save me. I don't need a policy. I don't need an election. I was saved by a resurrection. You are the steward of your mental wellness. Now, I want to be clear about something very quickly when it comes to mental and emotional wellness. I am not talking about the people that are suffering in our society from medical chemical imbalances in the mind. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the overindulgence of, of, out of us as humans, of fixing our minds on things that have zero, zero, zero interest in our well-being. So I want to be clear, but I personally think this is one of the biggest areas, if not the biggest, we're struggling in right now in our society. Suicide wildly increased. Substance abuse wildly increased. Domestic violence wildly increased. It's 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 this is the this is the it's silent. The reason it's silent is because we're not talking about it. We need to talk about it. 
We can't address these issues in silos because we're human and we're made of multiple parts. Jesus saves and you steward your spiritual wellness. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. In how many ways? Turn to somebody and say in every way. Now may the God of peace, the same God that I talked about, this is, by, by the way, if we keep putting into practice everything we've learned, then the God of peace will be with you. So we receive peace. As a byproduct, we receive peace. When we keep our minds fixed on things. We need some peace right now, don't we? Okay, you're listening right now. You're like, I don't even believe in God. I don't even believe, I don't even believe what you're saying. I think you're a moron, Pat. Cool. I'll tell you one smart thing that I know. You need peace. If nothing, if you hear nothing today, hear that. I know you need peace. I know you're struggling in some form or fashion. Why? Because you're human. And so am I. So I love this. This is now me, the God of peace. We need a God of peace. May he make you holy in every way and make your whole spirit and soul, mental, emotional, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus comes again. The word kept. Only God can sustain what Jesus saves and you steward. Only God can sustain what Jesus saves and you steward. So he keeps us. Who keeps us? The God of peace keeps us. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. What's our job? To steward what Jesus saves and God sustains. He says, God will make this happen. Promise. Period. End of discussion for he who calls you is faithful it's saying place your faith he's faithful so what's the what's the best thing we can do to steward our spiritual wellness is place our faith in the hands of the one who is faithful that's the best thing we can do step number one place your faith in the hands of he who is faithful. Why? Because he will actually be faithful to the very end. And you need to hear this today. This is not the end. COVID is not the end. The election is not the end. You are not at your end. Some of you are listening and you feel emotionally, you feel spiritually, you feel physically like you're at your end. And I want to tell you something, that there is a bright tomorrow because God's promises raise on the morning sun. Every single day he gives you new mercies. And I don't believe that our time is done. He is faithful to the very end. The enemy wants to make us think that, hey, this is it. Right? This crazy, like, everyone's going to die. This is it. Oh, I could preach, but I just don't have time right now. I'm trying to be honorable to you guys this time, okay? The best way to steward your spiritual wellness then is to literally call upon the one who calls on us. God will make this happen for he who calls you. You know what the best thing about the last nine months is? As we're under pressure and these holes in our wholeness are exposed, it gives us a renewed opportunity to call upon the only name, the only one who's faithful. 
I'm going into this week, Thanksgiving, I want to tell you something. I'm not walking in with my feet dragging on the ground, bummed out. I'm, I'm like, thank you, God. I'm walking into this holiday season like, thank you. We can sing thank you. Why can, why, why can, I, sing, why can I sing thank you with confidence? Because I'm like, God, because I, I know where I'm placing my faith. Thank you, God. Thank you that in the midst of craziness, you, you've actually exposed some things that I needed in my life. Thank you for doing that. Thanks for showing me that you're faithful to the end. When I want to quit, you're like, I don't have quit in me. So if I don't have quit in me and you're made in my image, Pat, then you don't have quit in you. I didn't, I didn't build you with quit in you. You have an opportunity this morning, Acts 2.21. Everybody has this opportunity. It doesn't matter what race, doesn't matter what language, doesn't matter where you were born, it doesn't matter where you're at demographically, socioeconomically, where your political stance is, what you've done in your past, what you're doing right now or what you do tomorrow, everyone has this same opportunity. It's a level playing ground. Acts 2.21, but everyone. Who? Just say all the people. God said, all the, all the people in the house. Sorry, I just, it's like we're in a club or something. I felt like the lights were going to come down. Someone's going to get up and start dancing. I was like, all the people in the house say, what? No, it's kidding. <laughs> but everyone who calls... On the name of the Lord, we'll be saved. You know what that word saved means? We'll be healed, preserved, made well, made whole. Jesus saves, and you steward your physical wellness your mental wellness, and your spiritual wellness. Let me ask you a question today. Are you doing well? I'm going to ask it again. Are you doing well? totally okay if you're not. And I want to tell you something, you're not alone. The enemy wants you to think that you're alone. He wants to paint your circumstances in a corner and say that no one else can understand or no one else is going through or no one's feeling what you're feeling. but you're not alone. But are you doing well? If you can't answer that question honestly, separating your physical, mental, and spiritual. They all impact one another. 
They're intimately interconnected. That will never change. Are you doing well? And lastly, how are you investing in your wellness? Here's a quick tip to know what you're investing in. And I I mean this practically, you can do this exercise to know what you're investing in. Look at your bank account, your calendar. What do you spend your time and your money on most? And that's what you're investing in the heaviest. Are you well? Is that investment plan going well? Jesus saves and you steward. Let's stand. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to be really direct. Father, I pray right now against the schemes and the plans of the enemy who want to come against. I believe um, strategies and plans that God has for our lives. And the number one way he wants to do it is to disarm us, to, to, to fragment and to fracture the wholeness of who we are, to get us thinking about these different areas of our lives as separate um, entities that we deal with, but they're not. They're intimately interconnected. God, you're a God of wholeness and you came and you sent your son Jesus for our wholeness, Lord, to sozo us, to make us whole to make us well. God, I want to stand today. I want to stand with our, my family members on Thursday if I'm with them celebrating around a turkey, a funeral for a turkey with 30 people or 90 if we have three turkeys. God, I want to be able to say, if somebody says, how are you doing? I want to be able to say, it is well with my soul. (laughs) It is well with my soul. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you for giving us the ability to have a partner that's perfect and a life that isn't. And whatever Jesus you have saved, I am going to steward. And it's okay to be honest. If you're struggling right now, if you're on an online campus, reach out right, right now. You can type, I'm not, say, I'm not doing well. And we can take that offline and we can have some private conversations. If you need to reach out to us um, via our um, our connection points, whether it be on social media or the movement.org or whatever it is you want to do, we are here for you. This is, this is what I would say. Do not leave the spot that you're in without addressing this. Don't be avoidant. If you are not doing well, reach out, talk about it. You're not alone. This is not the end. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said, amen. And amen.